Welcome to Collector's Corner, the premier NFT art podcast. We help collectors gain and maintain their edge, all while appreciating amazing art. We're excited to help you in your collecting journey. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Today is Thursday, September 29th. By the time you hear this, it'll be Friday, September 30th. We are recording another episode of Cornering the Market, where we go through weekly gen art news, what happened last week, what's coming up. And of course, we try to take a look at all the numbers to back up the things that we are seeing out there. My name is P. You may know me as Aston Cloud Online. I'm joined by my great friend, Jared. You may know him as Jared underscore pause online or JPause. How are you doing today, Jared? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited for this update. It uh, it feels like there's some momentum coming back in the market, and I'm excited to touch on some topics. Uh, I won't give them all away, but uh, the obvious in the room is uh, QQL. You know, sparked a lot of lot of enthusiasm. That indeed, that indeed, that was a, a really exciting moment for the market, and perhaps a turning point, or perhaps just hopium. Who knows? Let's dive in. So this time we are changing up the structure a little bit, uh, but as usual, this is audio only. We, of course, will have this on all the various podcasting platforms, so please take a look out for that. And uh, if you like what you hear, please like and subscribe. Okay, so we are going to go through a lot of market data today, and we wanted to mix it up and kind of increase the pace of this. So this will probably be a bit of a shorter episode, and we'd love to hear what you think. And we want to try to get through more stories, and we're going to hit topics like what are projects that have launched that maybe you didn't hear about that are interesting, what are some lower price projects that could be just fun to have and maybe are just a lot lighter on your wallet so you can go and collect and get that get that dopamine hit from collecting. I know that I've uh, had to do that a little bit in this bear market. Um, but let's start with just the overall market. So we are on nftpricefloor.com. All of this will be in the show notes as will be timestamps. So you can jump to the part of the show that you are most interested in. But on nftpricefloor.com, we're looking at seven-day volumes for some generative art collections that we have picked out. They have a lot on here. Uh, we focus a lot on the Artbox ones that we've covered so far, but we'll of course be expanding that. And these happen to be also the higher volume and higher market cap collections regardless. So it is a fairly representative sample of our small generative art world right now, small but growing, which we'll get to as well. Uh, squiggles, Jared, uh, your squiggles have had a ton of sales, 39 squiggle sales in the last seven days. Squiggles are liquid. Squiggles are moving. The price floor is now 11.2, which is up 12% in the last seven days. Have you, I know you're, you're in the squiggle discord. You've probably been seeing a lot of that moving, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fun when you're watching, uh, either the, the blue chip sales log on proof or just the, the general chat for the squiggle down and you just see sales pop up, but it's been more of a news feed lately than, than typical. I mean, 39 sales is exciting in seven days. And you know, my general observation is, uh, it's it's floor type or floor plus. You know, there was a, a bold, big bold sale from JDH uh, a little while ago, but overall, it's just good to see um, the the holder count increasing. A lot of people being onboarded, a lot of the the older collectors either taking profits and or uh, allowing others to kind of come into that into that ecosystem. You know, another thing that was super exciting is, you know, a couple hours ago, a uh, the individual who recently minted the Perfect Spectrum Bold 
just hopped into the squiggle DAO. So oh, wow. you know that individual is starting to become a little bit more public and uh, get themselves out there. So it, you know, it's it's an exciting time and uh, for squiggles in particular. But you know, there's there's some tough resistance at 12 ETH. So we'll see what kind of movement and uh, and uh, momentum it has. Jared, might they be getting ready to sell that perfect spectrum bold squiggle, the most rare squiggle in the whole collection? I don't know. It's a great question. Um, I think the, you know, I've gone back and forth with a couple of people on what I think the value of it is. I'm not willing to say it publicly, but you know, with it being a one of one of X, it, it it's the rarest squiggle by far. I don't know. I, it we'll, we'll see what sort of engagement they have over the coming weeks. If they're really committed to the community or if, if they're, you know, starting to offload this, who knows a lot of people in different life situations. And I, believe that would command at least a million dollars awesome for the squiggle update i feel like we should do that every week you know so much about squiggles i'm like <laughs> i everyone will know it's squiggles but another thing actually about this run with the squiggles is one of the squiggle dow members was on a twitter spaces with us and he mentioned a little bit of alpha that could explain this a tiny bit but it's hard to say because i'll save it for qql but i have a theory that explains some of this as well yeah i mean I'm privy to a lot more than I'm, I can let on publicly. And I think that there's there's good momentum behind squiggles. I'll, I'll leave it at that. So let me go quickly through a few other collections. Fidenzas have had a little bit of movement, six sales in the last seven days, which is still pretty a lot for a high price collection such as Fidenzas, 96 ether floor now. Memories of Chilin also had quite a bit of movement, 18 in the week prior they didn't have that many move and uh, only 53 listed for sale so getting thin at five percent there gazer is still moving nine sales anti-cyclones eight sales you know those floor prices have shifted a little bit but it's it's hard to say with these being so thin i think it's a little bit more interesting to look at how much are listed 3.8 percent of gazers 5.5 anti-cyclones and a 2.9% of ringers. We had one ringer sale in the last seven days. I have a feeling those might start moving soon since we haven't had a ton of movement. So uh, across the board, you know, we're working on getting some of these overall volume stats. Nothing crazy. It just feels like a general rotation from some collections that were moving more last week and now shifting to a few others with squiggles and fidenzas being a little bit more consistent. But I expect, you know, ringers will start moving as well. Archetypes, uh, screens potentially. Uh, so we'll see anything that you've been feeling out there or hearing on the discords, Jared, that you think is worth sharing in terms of just volumes and movement of these more blue chip collections. I, I feel as though the momentum and attention is, is shifting to, to ringers. I've talked to a few people about it. Sadly, it's, it's picking up momentum before I'm able to fill my bags. Very, very big cost, but it's starting to see a lot more attention. I just intuitively feel that there's going to be some movement, crazy thin floor. I think you could, bold prediction here, but you could easily see Fidenza level prices uh, pretty soon, in my opinion. Um, uh, I think that they're, you know, they only need, I don't have the open sea up, but you only need like five or six sales in order to get to that point, uh, which is really intriguing. Um, you know, I just pulled up memories by, Lin and you know the floor is crazy thin right now uh five sales before it jumps you know 30 40 percent so it feels as though the uh you know the people who are needed liquidity are starting to get bought out um and th those uh blue chip or near blue chip floors are starting to get uh reinstated yeah ringers are a eight 
no, seven sales away from a 97 Ether floor. But of course, some people will come in and relist. So it's hard to say exactly, but that is very thin. And I hear you about Memories. Memories has had a lot of sales. You know, we talked about in the last seven days that Memories has had 18 sales. But if you look in the last 24 hours, it, oh, actually, it's only been four, but I thought I saw a few more moving. Well, never mind. But I, I it just feels like, it's coming back into rotation. Um, so yeah, let, let's hop over to FX hash. We have some volumes here. Jared, you want to talk through what you're seeing on FX hash here and which collections might be worth double clicking on? Yeah, this, this is super exciting to me. Uh, when you start to see um, a mixture in the last seven days of established projects, we'll call it projects released within the last week and then recently meaning within probably the last two to six weeks projects and, and there's a great splatter of this meaning a bug forest and the kindergarten monuments obviously zankan uh, og projects that you know taking the top two spots with the bug forest coming in at 31.7 thousand tez in sales so roughly 45,000. the floor just keeps getting eaten up here um, I, I, I watched over the last week uh, a floor of you know fourteen to fifteen hundred tes all of a sudden get cannibalized to nearly two thousand. You know you have some pretty stiff resistance in that twenty two hundred realm, but I mean I have my eyes on a few. There's a couple in there that are just absolutely stunning, and I think that as people are being priced out of the garden monoliths and the kinders, you're going to start seeing a, a flight. To this project i think it's as equally beautiful but in a different sense so that's exciting to me um the other thing on fx hash that is captivating uh, my attention is i think that melissa you know just dropped a, a new project um she's she did a, an amazing uh drop and that's you know has a, a seven day volume of 4100 that is take wing by Melissa Widerecht, I believe is how it's pronounced. I probably got Thank wrong you. too a little bit. Yeah, and I, I didn't even attempt. That's how 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 much of a coward I was. You know, the Tokata, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this, but that project released a couple of weeks ago and it still has twelve thousand, over twelve thousand Tez in, in volume. Yazid and then you know the the iteration one and two by extracurricular activities uh popping up on a regular sales basis. So, you know, good uh good mix of projects. It it feels good right now. Yeah, so why, why don't you just maybe quick, quickly run down the list so people hear the names of these projects. Or, you know what, I, I, I'll just do it super fast. So we have A Bugged Forest, Kinder, Garden Monuments, Takata, RGB, Horizontes, Take Wing, Garabatos, Imi, Density, Contrapuntos, Impressions of Order, Panta Ray, Iteration 2, The Tender Pass, and Hoppler. And the reason I want to say these is because you don't hear these names as often, and I think it's good to hear them more and, and take a look at this site here that this is on FX hash. It's super easy to go and see the leaderboards and get familiarized with what's out there. And I find in Tezos, you just, we just don't have this data. And it just strikes me that this is one of the first time I'm seeing a leaderboard like this, even though it's very specific to seven day volume. It's exciting to see because you see a lot of projects that actually we've been hearing about. Uh, like Takata, obviously the Zanken projects, but Iteration 2. I'm actually really pleasantly surprised to see that one on there because I really enjoy it. Did you get any of these, Jared? Yeah, I did. I actually picked up a, a couple um, extracurricular. Um, I really enjoyed all three of their drops. Um, 
the first one of which after I can't remember the name off the top of my head, it's like push something or another. I, I collected a couple of super rare ones. I like iteration one more so. I think it has a more circular flow to it versus the the more block and angular, I'll call it projections of iteration two. But overall, I think it's an amazing project, been well received by damn near everybody that uh, has been involved. Yeah, I really like extracurricular activities and uh, landlines, which is they kind of have an alter, same artists, I believe it's a group, and they have the same, uh, they just have two different profiles on FX hash. I really enjoy their stuff quite a bit. And uh, iteration two, folks, has a floor of 19.9 Tezos. So it is not expensive. That's around 30 US dollars. Let's move on. First thing that we wanted to talk about is QQL. QQL, for folks who don't know, is a project launched in collaboration with Tyler Hobbs and Dandelion Wist Manet. It is a really interesting long-form generative project. 900 of these were auctioned off yesterday on archipelago.art. It is a fundraiser, or it was a fundraiser for archipelago.art. And it is a really interesting project where you, as the crowd, the community, can go and create outputs of this algorithm. It's open. You play around with inputs. You play, generate a bunch of outputs. You can save outputs. And then you can sell those outputs to people who own the Mint Pass. And that Mint Pass is malleable, changeable. Well, not changeable, but it's, it's not defined for as long as the owner of that Mint Pass wants, and then they can define it. So it's this really interesting project. I, I won't go through all the nitty gritty details, but they had their sale yesterday. And if you want to know more about the details, there's a lot online and you can listen to our last Cornering the Market episode where we go through it. Suffice to say, very innovative and was really, really well received. It was a Dutch auction that started at 50. It was going to go all the way down to two. People didn't know where it would land. It ended at 14, which is higher than most estimates. A lot of people are thinking around 10. I thought it was going to be 5 to 10. I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. And Jared was right. And a lot of other people were right. There was a ton of hype leading up to this because it's really cool. You can go around on this and play and see what it's like to be a generative artist, but without needing to code. It's like a no-code way of playing with this amazing algorithm created by some of the best generative artists that we have. QQL since launching has had really explosive price action as well. My OpenSea is not working at the moment, but last I checked, it was something around a 21 Ether floor. I don't know if you can see it, Jared. But yeah, it seems like the crowd has really liked it. They said they generated over 3 million outputs. So anybody can go on to qql.art, log in with your wallet, and start generating outputs. And that has happened over 3 million times in the span of a week or a little bit more than a week. And so the price action kind of reflects that. But even more interesting, a lot of people thought the market was dead and there's no money in gen art. And they just generated quite a bit of money. So 14 Ether times 900 is 12,600 Ether. At, let's just call it 1,300 US dollars. That's $16.38 million. So somewhere between 16 and $17 million, depending on the exact price of Ether. Yeah, Tyler was actually joking. He, he posted a tweet. He said, uh, I just made $17 million. Which floor should I sweep? I thought that was actually kind of... I don't think that was him, actually. I think that was a, that was a fake account. If oh, you look at the... <laughs> I got duped. Either way, I thought it was pretty witty and funny. It, it, it was funny. But this is... 
piece of art that took a lot of work and is really interesting and unique. And our great friend Nucci from Proof Podcast, I mean, sorry, Proof Collective has his own podcast, The Nucci Show, and he interviewed Dandelion. And it's something that we always harp on that this algorithm was custom made to generate the largest potential, the largest potential number of emergent traits out of an algorithm. And if you listen to that interview, Dandelion is really enthusiastic. And this is the part of generative art that he finds most exciting. And we like that because we do too. We always talk about this. We have a whole section on emergent traits for every deep dive that we do. And that's some of the magic of generative art. This was really generated to maximize that by allowing the crowd to play around with this algorithm and tweaking the algorithm such that it did allow for those types of things. And I'm sure they considered certain you know, they have flow fields in here. They use circles. I'm sure they considered certain types of algorithms to are probably better for generating these types of emergent properties. So, I mean, I'm looking at the, my open is open. I mean, the amount of sales and secondary is like astronomical. It's, um, I mean, the floor is 20.9 right now. I literally watching sales go off. So it's pretty well received and, and people are leaning into this you know, 28th price right now. Um, that being said, um, even though my first prediction was 10 to 15, I was hoping for less in order to get in. I did not mint any a little bit regretfully, but we'll see how time plays out. I think that the most interesting part of this dynamic is not only to see what gets minted on Friday, uh, on, on day one, you know, they touched on that dandelion touched on that with, uh, Kevin Rose on his, podcast and and people anxious to be the first to to mint a particular aesthetic i'm most intrigued at the secondary market and dandelion kind of alluded to this the secondary market that will exist for people's um outputs that they don't have a mint pass for and essentially there's gonna be a marketplace for people selling their outputs and it's a really intriguing way I think for uh, maybe an individual who's not capable of or willing to 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 splurge on a mint pass to to go in and find a, a way to generate revenue and, and potentially tempt somebody to mint use their mint pass based on on an output. So uh, that's a, a dynamic that I'm really really interested to to see how that uh, how that comes out. It's going to be fascinating and um, I think it's another uh, wrinkle in in the approach that is QQL that brings value to everybody involved not only the the mentor but the the individuals who are not able to or not willing to to click mint so super fun dynamic and I I anxiously await to see what comes out of it yeah I'm really interested to see this as well so I was wrong about this once and I'm still not sure how exactly it plays out because there's not as much velocity of these pieces. Well, I guess that's a question is how much velocity do we have of these pieces? Because if you look at the top collections, they don't trade hands that often, which makes me think that the potential revenue for somebody who has found a great output and now gets 2% royalties is relatively low. I don't know if other people will see the calculation like that, but that's my suspicion. You could probably run this analysis on Fidenza, say, 
and assume that they trade similarly in an upside scenario. You know, I, I think you got to look at it in this way, right? Like I just saw a tweet from Pablo Pancaso who was commenting about, uh, I don't know if you saw, but the, for, for punks, crypto punks, the hoodie ape just sold for 3,300 ETH, which was a record in ETH sales, but not necessarily in USD value. And Pablo Pancaso said and tweeted, this was originally mine and sold for $1,400 five years ago. And I think that that puts it into perspective is like some of this stuff does move, but when it does move, um, it has the uh, a potential for some really, really amazing um, upside. And and I think that assuming you don't lose the the seed to your wallet that that was, it was minted from, but you know, there's potential in three, five, 10, 20 years that that 2% royalty becomes very meaningful to, to whoever created it. I, I guess, but I think it's akin to winning the lottery. And I think people will realize that they could make more money focusing on yield farming somewhere or some kind of like other degen play or some newer collection that comes out. That That's just my thinking. And I think the volume of Fidenza sales, because I hear you, yes, one person is going to hit a $10 million sale one day and get that payout. But that's so far away. Like our dopamine craving brains can't think like that. I, I don't know. Like I said, I've been wrong before. I just, this is the counter argument for why this won't be, or potentially I'm playing devil's advocate with, is this a sustainable thing? But I think that's what I love about it. It's we'll find out like, who knows? This is the only way to know what I think doesn't really matter. I think what the crowd does and shows us is, what's going to be important. I guess that's a good segue as to the volume this produced and showcased is on the sidelines of just dry powder and coming in with that much money, $16 million. And what does this mean, Jared? Are people just waiting? Are people willing to deploy when the right thing is out there? Is this a turning point in the market? I think personally, more people are coming into the gen art market that weren't in it before. I have a sense and just from conversations I've been having that a lot of this are people who went and made their money in DeFi or PFPs or something else who are now getting interested in gen art and starting to dip their toes. And there's a lot more money than people realize sitting on the sidelines over there because they're used to playing in games where each collection is 10,000. There's just a lot more liquidity and money over there. And I think some of it's starting to flow over here. And I think that is why you're also seeing these art block sales starting to go like the floors are really holding even though conditions have not gotten better and there's more liquidity than i thought near the floor there so that's my take love to hear your thoughts i think you hit a lot of the major points and um you know for me i think that uh, art is starting to become a fascination i do see people rotating out of it you know whether this um well i won't i won't make that comment but like you're starting to see people who are either ape or punk holders buy these mint passes you know it's purely speculative are they holding them flipping them um i don't know i, I do know that you know from the talk and grailers those who had the ability to to get the passes are excited i think they look at it as um you know and the other sentiment is people who missed fidenzas are looking at a lower entry point to get into a, a hobbs uh, collection and i think that that's if that's what uh, drives you, I think it's a uh, fascinating. I, I I do think that the majority, the, the the interesting dynamic I'm looking at long term too is, 
what happens when you mint it, you become emotionally tied to your output and, or have looked at this as a, a diamond handed approach. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, if there's any synergy or divergence amongst the secondary for mint passes versus minted outputs. So I, I'm, I, I somehow got lucky enough to kind of guess the range on, on the word mint out, but I, I'm, anxiously awaiting to see what where the economy is for for all of this goes because it's been fun honestly and it's been invigorating and i think the, from a publicity standpoint dandelion and Hobbs did an amazing job getting their product out there and engaging the world and i think as a result of that there's a lot of awareness and eyes on it so it feels feels very positive yeah it's a great moment for the market great moment for them Great moment for archipelago.art. Really excited to see where they go with that as well. Let's move on to the next topic. Do you want to talk about this purchase on Tezos? I do. Uh, the first purchase of Curated, the fund, was a garden monolith. And it, it the really... The first in... Tezos purchase. First Tezos purchase, you're right, um, for the fund. And I think it, um, you know, having spoken to people there and listened to you know todd speak on the proof podcast about skepticism for other blockchains other than ethereum i think that this is to some degree a little bit of validation for the tezos blockchain it obviously is not a full validation but it really um shows that there's a a proclivity to collect great art from great artists um, I don't know if we can say who we were just talking to, but we were talking to somebody recently who was an incredible fan of Zankin. Um, I've noticed, uh, so obviously there's curated Von Mises just bought a, a big purchase of Zankin. And we know a couple people who bought the the recent mint from the one of ones from New York. So I, I just feel as though it, there's an undeniable love for Zankin and a, an asymmetric upside into this long term, especially in hopes that, um, you know, in, in the future state, the the blockchain will not necessarily have any sort of impact on on rendering and and viewing this particular piece. I think what's interesting is that, you know, you look at and this is a point I want to touch on a little bit later. But when you look at the Garden Monolith, it was only I think there's only 256 of these things. Um, arguably some more aesthetically appealing than others. And I think that, uh, you know, when you look at these collections like a Fidenza or a Ringer and you see the prices on them for a thousand piece, um, you know, collection, you start looking at the, the, the rarity behind the garden monoliths and, and you start to think to yourself like, man, like what are 255? Damn, I was off by one you know, like what sort of potential upside does this have? And, and, and quite honestly, this is an, I just thought of this in the moment, but Zankian and his love for art and the, the lightness to his personality really remind me of Snowfro. Obviously apples and oranges different, like one's a creator of a platform and a project versus an artist, but everybody who, and the, the, the analogy I make is largely due to the fact that everybody who, speaks of both those individuals have nothing but positive things to say about each, you know, pertaining to their personality, their passion and the quality of art. I think that there's a, a trifecta there 
And, you know, top tier collectors such as Curated and Von Mises are taking note of that. It, it's it's interesting to me and it, it's somewhat validating. I don't think it's full validation, but it's a little bit of, it's the first steps, in my opinion, of that validation of the Tezos um, arena for, for NFTs. Very well said. I don't think I have anything to add to that. I think people are still sleeping on Tezos. It's also not as user-friendly to find things on there as we were alluding to a little bit earlier, especially in terms of analytics and statistics. But we are working on that, folks. Don't you worry. I'm going to throw this in the timestamps because I want to riff for a second. I think you bring up a really interesting question of will a 255-piece collection in what is clearly the top artist in Tezos. It's not even close. It's not like Tyler Hobbs, Dimitri Cherniak, close. No, it's like he's the most popular. I'm not saying he's the best. This is the crowd reaction. This is the way that people talk about it. And you can just look at the price reaction. Given that popularity, how do you consider what could be more valuable? If you have the money, are you better off buying a Fidenza or buying a Garden Monolith? For me, I try to think of this in terms of first principles, supply and demand. The supply is less, but is the demand the same for Zanken? I would argue that it could be higher because of the crowd that FX hash can bring in because of the lower price point. It's just getting started and I don't have numbers on this, but I would love to see how many unique wallets are interacting with FX hash. In fact, we could probably go and run some numbers on how many times their contract has been pinged and compare it to what we see in generative art on Ethereum. And it just makes me wonder, are we in for a situation where the overall market cap, or at least the attention gets so much more concentrated on this that they end up being worth more than Fidenzas? So the floor right now on Guard Monolith is 26,000 26, Tezos, which is, I can't do the math right now, about 40 grand, a little less. Florin Fidenza's is roughly 100 Ether, which is about $130,000. So it's a third of the Fidenza floor. I have a feeling that the floor could be higher if you just really think about the supply demand and not even because of the supply being a quarter, but because the demand could be higher because of just more eyeballs. What do you think about that? I look at it a little bit differently and I'll, I'll look at it from two different perspectives. I'll put my fund hat on and if I'm curated, I'm looking at it. I forget what, how much they raised, but let's just call it somewhere around 30 to $40 million. You know, taking a, a flyer for, you know, 50, 60 grand with, I'll call it asymmetric upside versus downside. It's a no brainer to me. It represents such a small portion of their portfolio, but could then become something that is a, a staple of their collection. I'd take that risk every single day, given their finances. I also think that um, I look at now. I put on my my collector hat, and you know, I, I think of like von Mises's uh, reaction. I mean, honestly, I have my eyes on a couple of them, and I know the the owner, so I'm trying to negotiate some of this stuff uh, for the fund in the background because I think that they, it does have this asymmetric upside that we always talk about. Going back to the collector hat. The one that Von Mises picked up is just absolutely beautiful. And I wish I could um, remember the number. You can look up his wallet if you want. Von Mises.tez. And it's it's just stunning. And he, he paid really well for it. And at the same time, I think it's just beautiful. 
I think that when you're a collector and you're looking at things at that price point, there are very few things that will have as deep of a resonance. And it, you know, again, assuming you have the funds, it, it's something that is just uh, stunning from arguably the goat of Tezos. And it's like, why not? You know, there, there's really, I hate to say this, very little downside, not financial advice uh, to the garden monoliths. And I, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying everything in my power not to jump to, I, I think these days. So to answer your real question, I think these smaller collections over time, and again, timeline varies depending on the project, but I think over the long enough timeline, these smaller collections become highly illiquid and highly coveted. It, I just think it's natural due to that supply and demand you reference. I understand what you're saying. I think from both the fund and the collector perspective, this is a really a capital allocation question. I understand that it's a asymmetric bet, but there's a lot of asymmetric bets as well. This is not the only one. And your choice as a fund manager is going to be which one do I place my eggs in and how many do I diversify across? There are so many opportunities in the space. It's growing like crazy. I think the demand side of the equation is still not answered because there are other asymmetric bets. The question is how high could it go? Like, are you putting your money in something like an anti-cyclone versus this because you think that has more room to grow or this versus a ringer? And I think that is going to be a question that no, the real part that nobody truly knows is like, what is the ceiling for this? And the floor is clear, right? I mean, sorry, the, the, the supply side is clear. That's defined. It's 255. We know the supply is less than Fidenzas. But if Fidenzas have 100 times the demand of garden monoliths, it doesn't matter if there's 1,000 versus 255. Fidenzas is going to be worth more. That's probably the better bet. So that's the part. We, we won't be able to answer this right now, but I think that's what's really interesting to think about because then it's like, what are the things that drive the demand? It's the number of people who see it, hear about it, want it, and also how much money they have. And the, how much money they have part, I think, is where the assumption is that Ethereum and Tezos differ quite a bit. And this is what I think people might be wrong and why this, in fact, could be. I mean, what if this is a 10 times better investment than Fidenza's? It could be. And then it's like not even close to like it's easily a no brainer. I think everyone assumes that it won't be or that this floor can't get above that. But I don't see why it couldn't. And again, you got to go back to the first principles and try to think through it. And this is a, a broader question of how should you value these things. But I will digress. We, we should we should move on because we got some quick hitters here to to talk about. You mentioned when talking about Zankan, the lush temples, New York collection that he had, which was an in-person exhibit where you could go and buy these NFTs, but it was an in-person out person, sorry, in-person and online, what's called event. And that was in New York city at the Javits center. This was put on by a company called Cverso. And I want to quickly highlight that they have an exhibition drop right now called Unbound by Ipsketch. There are, at the moment of this recording, about 84 of these left. There are 35 Tezos. They're really cool. You get to play around with the palette in a, let's call it similar to QQL way, but there you can alter the palette or the shape up to 10 times each or hit the chaos button, which alters both until you find one you like and then mint it. And if you don't find any that you like, or if you accidentally hit the button too many times and lose the one you want, there's like a six hour delay and you can try it again after that. Or you could just go to another browser and use another wallet. Once you mint, you can do one again. It's kind of cool. I just wanted to highlight it. It's This is a great artist. 
This is the artist who, do bent, who did Bent, which was an Artblocks curated drop. Very cheap, 35 Tezos, about $50. Cheap enough that, you know, a lot of people have been asking us, what's something cheap and good that we could buy, lower price point? So this is one that I wanted to highlight. And another one that I wanted to highlight super quickly is uh, Active Emotion, which was a recent Artblocks curated drop. This one, I actually really like this one. It's by Kelly Milligan. And right now it is trading at a floor of 0.5 Ether. So it's not nothing, but I think these are pretty cool and it's great art. And being an art blocks curated, I think these could do well. So I wanted to highlight those as projects that launched recently. Active Emotion, do you remember when this one launched, Jared? Was it maybe last week? Yeah, I think it was like last Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, very recently. So I think going a little bit of, uh, under the radar there. And do you any? Do you have any you want to highlight? projects that launched or even older ones that you think are maybe a little under the radar well there was one that released this week called thoughts of meadow it's by eric davidson and i can't remember if it was playground uh, or not but it, it you know 150 of them he is a very talented artist i i really like some of these outputs you know i think for 150 um you know piece collection and you know, in, in a pretty low entry point of 0.2 ETH. Um, I think they're, it's an interesting play. There, there's, you know, Eric's not a barn blazer for a name, but I, I bring it up because he also has a project called Masonry that uh, was, it, I, I don't want to, it's his first project, but it's the first one that I minted of his. And it is something uh, also beautiful. It, it, both projects are called of the same vein. And this is one that I got to like personally mint. Um, but you know, there's a really, um, I think they're beautiful. I think that when you look at the, the way, uh, the art blocks, um, can scale visually, um, I, I really see that these could be pieces that are hung on a wall. They remind me of a tapestry. I think that there's something that will both projects, thoughts of meadow and masonry are two things that will scale really well. And this is actually kind of like a, a segue into one of the thoughts that I've had is these smaller output projects are something that i'm really really fascinated with and, and the reason why is you know we we recently had a call with uh zeneca we i was also listening to the proof podcast with uh tyler and dandelion and dandelion brought up this project and it is opera so both zeneca and opera brought it up and and i was really fascinated with it because it's um i think there's only 256 items total but they both talked about how they liked the the playful nature of it. And I think it's extremely fascinating because this is one that higher entry point, 1.64 floor, but after three sales, it's then a four ETH floor. And then after, uh, obviously assuming nobody else comes into the to the mix, but then, you know, six sales and you're a six ETH floor. So there's a, an intriguing play there. Obviously not a lot of sales on an ongoing basis, but from an activity perspective, but I think they're, you know, both referred to them as fun and playful and it's uh i'm starting to try to wrap my head around you know if you find a project that has a significant amount of um diamond handed holders in a low supply you know what does that do for for price long term right again not recommending going out and buying opera per se but it's just intriguing to me that two people uh highly well respected both noted it in the last week um, I'm not running out to pick any up. It's not my particular aesthetic, but 
you know, as I'm talking about, you know, masonry and, and opera, and I'm looking at these really small art blocks collections that you're, you know, you potentially have very devout collectors. And, you know, at what point does it become, you know, you, you have significant uh, price appreciation? Yeah, there's actually one that I do have my eyes on, but I'll let everybody know. And if you front money, front run me, that's okay. Let it be known that I will still tell you about things I like, even when I have not secured my bags. I love this one. I don't even know how you pronounce it. I think it's Get TJ, G E T I J D E by Bart Simmons. I believe it was a factory. I can't remember, but I think it looks so cool. You guys got to check this out. I'll have this in the show notes, but it has these rolling waves, great colors, these moons, has this my untrained eye thinks of as a Japanese aesthetic. Only 222 of these. Floor is 0.8, but as Jared was talking about, it jumped up quickly. I think this is also a favorite of collectors. So those are a few there that we think are undervalued. And there are a few projects coming up that seem pretty interesting. There's one that I want to highlight because I love this artist. It's uh, Yazid or Yazid. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce it. Sorry, Yazid, if I got that a little bit wrong there. But uh, he has a collection that he just teased on Twitter. He is at Yazid. Y-A-Z-I-D on Twitter. And he is releasing something he says in the next couple of weeks that is part of a tribute to Herbert Frankie, who recently passed away and many consider the father of generative art. And I can't find the tweet right now, but I'll drop in the show notes once I do. Essentially, what this is, is going to be FX Hash Project, his next long form project. He is known for doing kinder gardens, monuments or kinder again i'm not sure how that's pronounced or meant to be pronounced uh, with zankan also known for automatism which is an art blocks factory project a well-respected artist so if you guys don't know yazid check him out so i wanted to highlight that one coming up we don't know exactly when it's going to drop but we'll keep an eye out for that and uh there are three art blocks projects launching in the next week do you want to talk through these jared i know you i think you mentioned you wanted to talk about something related to art blocks and projects coming up uh the only thing i want to touch on was the that thoughts of meadow that just released by eric davidson those are the two that uh that i've, I've got my eye on um got it my my mistake there well three art blocks projects launching on september 30th friday we have interferences launching then on october 3rd d d dash dots to the dots and then fontana on october 5th which is the curated coming up so there's tons of projects launching all the time but these are a few that i wanted to highlight do you have any that you want to highlight coming up jared no I, the fontana i went through some of the the outputs uh on the test net and then they actually seem pretty intriguing uh, i like the description of something i can relate to um having an engineering background but the the intersections of like um, you know circle squares and and remind, reminds me of blueprints. So I think it's a it's a it's something, and I think it's a fixed price of 0.2 ETH, which I think is intriguing. So I might the uh, uh, I might mint a couple. It feels like it could be kind of fun. Yeah, like the old days. And just scrolling down our blocks, there's some big name artists coming up. Jeff Davis has another collection launching and this is also a tribute to herbert frankie that's october 7th i've been hearing about departed by alexis andre 
Um, Melissa W, we'll call her, uh, of Take Wing. And Sudfa is another one. Sandalaya. I, I wonder if that's might be a, our Bucks playground, given that she's had it curated now. Uh, so, yeah, some good stuff coming up. Should be fun. Anything you got your eye on that is cheap that you think folks might want to scoop up if they're interested in that collection and feeling like letting go of some liquidity at the moment? Yeah, I I, I truly think that uh, with the thin floor of memories, it's something that I'm looking. There's a couple pieces um, close to the floor. I mean, there's an absolutely stunning uh, forest offset that's darn near the floor that I'm think is a, a good opportunity um there's a forest with a, a a brown variant background that's even closer to the floor so i think that there's some really good pieces um in in memories and then with with the there were four buys today four yesterday with the thinning floor uh something that's of intrigue to me um can i can i just say one thing sorry to interrupt you about memories friends we, there was quite a rare memories that sold a day ago, three and a half ether wrapped ether for an offset forest. I that's that was below the floor. There's way below only 13% of them are offsets. Oh, I wish I could deploy capital so badly. I can't do it. Saving up for the podcast, trying to build out more content and products for you all. But my God, there are some deals out there right now. If you think this is a good time to buy, they are underpriced many floor pluses even some rares that are creeping down to the floor yeah wrapped eth season man honestly uh i mean even looking at the 552 that just sold i thought that was a very beautiful um one that went for five eth so i think there um you know i think that being diligent with a, a chromie squiggle there's a couple if you're in the big boy territory in the 50s 60s are there any like specific pieces you are comfortable pointing out for folks you and I talked about Meridian. It's whether or not you want to share that one. Um, I have a Meridian I want to share. There's actually a couple that I think are quite juicy near the floor. Well, not necessarily near the floor, but I think are a little undervalued. So Meridian number 270 is listed for 12 and a half on OpenSea right now. This is a Lino. You know, I love the Lino palette. There's only 20 of them, I believe. Let me double check. But oh, sorry. It's the Lino style, not palette. Uh, but I love the look of them. Yeah, there's only 20 of them. Also, there's a watercolor for 13, which I tweeted about. There are only 22 watercolors. Not only that, it has the variable structure, which I really enjoy and gives a textured feel to the whole uh, piece. There's only 19% are variable structure. So there's only seven that are watercolor and variable structure. And there are some really nice ones that are getting down there, even ones that are not traditionally holding a premium or particularly rare, but just hit and look quite good 434 over here which is at the floor it's at 10 ether and, and folks the floor is 7.7 it's, it's one away from eight so things are coming down people are looking to get out and i think people are also ready to deploy so i do think that some of these will go any others that you like yeah i i think there's some really great opportunity uh on factura if you're looking you're looking over there there's a couple pieces almost close to the floor that i think um are beautiful um you know me i like that khaki palette you know number 77 right at the floor is, is interesting i think there's some interesting plays there um 
you know, we even talked about Melissa W, the Sudfa. I think that there's a super thin floor there with some um, really, really interesting pieces, you know, and for a 400 piece collection from a top tier artist. Art blocks curated. This is also a unique collection. Actually, uh, Zeneca was talking about this one as well. He really enjoys calligraphy and writing. And so this is one that was to his taste. And, and that's the thing. It doesn't take too many people in a 400-piece collection who like it for it to quickly get out of reach. So if you like it, keep an eye on it. It's right now at a 0.9 ether floor. I'm not saying it's going to run away now, but just make sure you check every once in a while. And if you see something you like, go and grab it. Well, Jared, that's a wrap. Any parting thoughts? Parting thoughts are um, I'm optimistic. I love seeing the activity this week uh, in the gen art space, you know, TBD on the the persistence of it, but there feels like um, a good participation all the way around and it's invigorating. Couldn't agree with you more. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jared underscore pause POZ. Jape underscore pause on discord and i don't have the website up but the eight nap digital asset fund so if you're interested in any investments please feel free to reach out to me all my dms are open wonderful i'm at aston cloud on twitter at aston cloud and discord we're at collectors underscore xyz www.collectorscorner.xyz Please check us out, like, subscribe. Let us know how you like this episode. We were trying to be succinct. We couldn't help it. We went long on a few things, but I will have timestamps in there. So please jump to whatever parts that you find most interesting. And we will continue to iterate and try to bring the best content to you and help you stay ahead of the curve. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning into Collector's Corner. We hope you enjoyed this episode and you found it useful in your collecting journey. Please check out our website, www.collectorscorner.xyz for show notes and digital art galleries related to this episode. You can also follow us on Twitter, at collectors underscore XYZ. If you'd like to help us out, please leave us a five-star review on our website or your favorite podcasting platform and or leave some feedback on how we can do better. The Collector's Corner team and guests are not registered investment advisors. All views expressed on this podcast are personal opinions and are not specific inducements to make particular investments or investment strategies and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. This show is solely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, please consult a professional.